thanks uh thanks so much for uh making the time to oh you kidding my my, my honor to be <laughs> here finally made it yeah <laughs> yeah prompt by uh impromptu by uh kevin say what you guys what are you gonna do uh with uh with with steve for the <laughs> podcast when are you when are you gonna get up there and do it i always wanted to know what was up here now i know <laughs> i see these mysterious stairs coming up from the muay thai room you know like What's up there? <laughs> you got the twinges, twinges watching. Yeah, enjoying yeah. their acai. Yeah, I was uh, looking you up. I was like, okay, let me, let me look up uh, uh, Stephen, and, and you know, again, I know you're uh, you were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Uh, does it which one? Don- Donatello. Donatello, yeah. and uh, you're like, well, I was like, a Mortal, Mortal Kombat came up, and all these different things, and then started re- re- reading about your uh, some of the, your macho the your competition experience and how you came up and stuff and could you mind sharing some of your yeah history yeah i mean amazing history I've, I've had a an eclectic life let's put it that way you know you always I come just, i'm so humble and you know no, you know unass- unassuming <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like so i i started you know like i think most people i saw my first bruce lee film at a at a store called Fedco or Gemco, it was one of those discount stores back in the day, you know, when they first had VHS machines out. Mm-hmm. And I just heard this, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, what the heck is that, you know? So I ran over there and, and I see Bruce Lee and it was in Enter the Dragon, they had it on, they had it playing and it was the dungeon scene, you know, where he was doing the nunchucks in the dungeon scene. And it's the first time that I'd ever seen. How old are you at the time? Probably four. Four years old? Yeah. Wow. Because we had just moved here from Indonesia. Wow. So there's no way I was five because we were still there. So it would have been four, between four to five. And so I saw it, and it just something hit me. Like, oh, this is it. This is my life. Like, something just triggered me to want to do this. And so I tried to hit the rewind button, but I didn't know how to operate it. And it at got, four years old. Yeah, and it got fuzzy, and then, you know, the lady yelled at me, and I ran away. <laughs> and that moment stuck with me. Hmm. And for years, I kept asking my parents, like, can I take martial arts? Can I take martial arts? And they kept saying no, because um, when I was in preschool, I got kicked out of preschool for fighting, like, the first day. It was more of, like, a cultural shock. You know, we just got here. I didn't speak the language, and it was a whole thing. And I don't know. I just just lashed out and started punching kids. So I think my <laughs> mom thought, well, I'm not going to give you more weapons. What, what year was this? 71? Yeah, so it was a different time, too. Yeah. There weren't, like, too many kids training martial arts right at that time, or were there? Not that I know of. I mean, yeah. I didn't want to... It was, like, that. old school, like, karate, like, yeah. Hard, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. But I was asking all the way up until I was 10. I just kept asking. And uh, she wouldn't, you know, my parents just wouldn't budge. And my uncle would sneak me books, like, you know, the, uh, remember those Ohara books? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he would sneak me those books, and then um, Bruce Tenger judo books... And I would just like try to learn from the books. I would just like try to study, oh, this is the judo flip, oh, this is the Bruce Lee sidekick to the leg. You know, I would just try to study that, watch watch kung fu movies, and then I would audio record the kung fu movies, Black Belt Theater. Mm. Remember Black Belt Theater? So I thought that if I could audio record and listen to the, the key eyes, that that would somehow <laughs> help me. Sink your... Uh... <laughs> I was just desperate. I just right, wanted right, right. any information I can get. And then when I was 12, um, my, my parents moved around a lot because my dad's job, he just kept, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder. When I was to- 12, uh, we moved to Mission Viejo, Laguna Hills area. Okay, okay. 
And so I didn't have any friends, and um, my mom's like, okay, you can, you can start now. So I was like, oh, okay. So we looked around the yellow pages. There was only two schools. There was a, a Shotokan school, and then there was a, um, like an American karate school. Mm -hmm. And so we visited both, and uh, the American karate school, um, the head sensei, you know, he mentioned Bruce Lee in just one sentence. He said something about Bruce Lee, and then I was like, I, I'm in. I'm done. Done. I'm in. You know, and it, it was a Kenpo studio. So it was like an American Kenpo system. So I, I started off with that and just got addicted to it and would train all the time, you know, to the point that uh, my parents forbade me from training too much because they said, oh, you're, you're training too much. You're not caring about school. You're not doing anything else. Like, this is not healthy, you know. And so I would have to set my alarm. I remember setting my alarm to midnight so I can train at night from 12 to 1, I would train because my parents were asleep, you know? Okay, okay, wow. Or if wow. my parents, if my mom went to the grocery store and I'd clear out all the furniture and just like train as much as I could before she got back, you know, I was just really, really into it. And then um, I, as I got older, I started competing and then, um, you know, Jet Li. When you became like a teenager? Yeah, I started competing pretty early, like 12, 13. Okay. And then, um, by the time I was, I don't know, I want to say 19 or 20, I had a falling out with my with my parents. So I was kind of by myself. I was going to school full-time, trying to pay for my own school. I was working full-time because I had a job that was paying for my school. I was teaching, you know, at our dojo in the evening. I was just spread out, like thin, not sleeping, not doing anything. And then um, I thought, you know, this is like not a fun life. Mm. I'm just, I'm giving half ass to everything and I'm sucking at everything. You know, I was trying to do too many things, falling asleep at work, sucking at school, not training properly. And so I said, let, let, let me give it a go and, um, and do this martial arts thing and see where it goes. Commit. Yeah. So there was a national tournament that was in Irvine, so I could afford it because it was right around the corner. I went to the tournament and, um, and Jet Li saw me there. And I, wow. got a, I got a call the next day from someone who said they were calling from Jet Li. You know, he says he's here in the States. I had no idea who, who the hell Jet Li was. Back then, no one knew, mm -hmm. right? He was like, I'm calling on behalf of Leilan J, and uh, he would like you to be a part of his stunt team. So I'm, I'm thinking it's one of my friends just fucking around Mess with me. Yeah. Like, this is the cruelest joke in the world, you know? And so um, I hung up on the guy. And then he called me back, and he's like, Oh, we lost the connection and he started talking. I realized it was the real deal. And I said, you know, what's this about? And, and I, I'll never forget. He's like, you know, it pays $200 a day in cash. You know, back then that was good money, you know? So I was like, okay, great. I'm, I'm all in. I don't know what this is, but I'm all in. So I, I, I did a couple films with, with Jet and then um, that led to... That's how I started. Yeah. Then that led to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I did the stunts for Donatello in part two and part three. And then that led to Mortal Kombat. And then all of a sudden I was in the business. Like literally it just kind of found me and I, I fell into it, you know. Because your parents probably wanted you to become a doctor or an attorney or something like that. All of the above. Anything <laughs> like that. Doctor, attorney, engineer. And you're here training martial arts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, my, my, my dad was a professor at the university in Indonesia. He escaped, you know, escaped there to come to America to provide his kid with the best education that he can have. Better and life. I want to be Bruce Lee. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I throw that all away. And I want to be Bruce Lee. It's like <laughs> so it's 
So that was tough. That was tough. The relationship was really difficult for a while. Wh- when did they uh, come around and uh, see the potential? When they came to visit. Believe. <laughs> well, on Ninja Turtles, I, I had a very bad injury, you know, a stun accident where uh, I almost lost my foot. It was a, it was a, it was a bad deal. And um, my parents... You almost were, lost your foot? Yeah, we were going up. In, it's the junkyard scene in, in The Secret of the Ooze, for anyone mm. out there who's, who remembers that. But we were going up in this trapped net. It's been a minute, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the cable snapped, and I fell, and then the, the supporting beam landed on my foot. And the doctor said, hey, if you didn't have, if you didn't have your costume on, it would have severed your foot in half. Man. And so, you know, it was a big deal. And the, the producers were just couldn't have been nicer about it and they probably didn't want me to sue them or whatever but you know they invited my they flew my parents in and everything and I think at that at that point my dad was like oh this is a career and you saw the 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 set and yeah. all the people involved and the money yeah. behind it and they're taking care of you they have respect for you and you know it's like you're you're respected in this field and there's a career so mm. you know he is it was big of him at that time, you know, to say that. It was like, wow, okay. Yeah. So that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. How old are you at that time? I don't know, 20 maybe. Okay. I was a baby. Okay. You know? Wow. Yeah. All from the tournament, the tur- doing, showing up for the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You never know who's watching, you know? Yeah. You never know. Were there any moments that you wanted, you were thinking like, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be going to school. No. <laughs> There, there, there wasn't because I, I always enjoyed it. And even when I got hurt, I just refused. You know, I'm like, oh, it's just a sp-. I remember when I when it ha- the accident happened, I kept telling myself, it's a sprained ankle. It's a sprained ankle. My foot was completely crushed. Like, there was no, the bones were s- completely separated. You know, so that I had a gap between my, my, my bones were basically just dangling. My feet were just dangling, my toes. And so um, I just kept telling myself, no, it's a sprained ankle, sprained ankle. Like Jackie Chan, all those injuries, like how do you bounce back from those things? Um, I mean, I was younger, so mm. I just, you don't think about it. You know, I, I, I've, I've been under the knife for accidents at least 10 times, you know? Um, and it's like, I have a really pleasant experience with hospitals. You know, most people don't like hospitals, but to me, I go to a hospital and they heal me, I come out and I'm fine. So okay. I always, Good. It's, I don't know if that's the right mentality, but I always feel like, oh, I can be fixed. <laughs> they can fix me. They can fix me. Wow. And like, what, like, and, and so like going through, you know, you, you have your career. When, when did the UFC, UFC came out? Probably like maybe about 10 years after. Yeah. All that, those things. Yeah. The, the, the Mortal Kombat and. Yeah, or maybe right or when is UFC was in the early nineties? Early nineties, so yeah, right ninety three, ninety four. Right around there, I guess. You know, right around there. Yeah. What, what was your first impression with uh, seeing Hoist Gracie do uh, the jujitsu stuff? I mean, it's all Bruce Lee too, right? He's doing in his movies. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, seeing that is, I mean, that was like how many years ago was that? Now, you know, twenty, thirty years, but but that moment was the moment that made me put my kids into jujitsu. Now. Now, you know, because I've had the pleasure of being able to train with so many different people, especially in, in, in the stunt world, right? Mm. You meet so many different people, so many different specialists. So, you know, if I, I, I got to kick with the Olympic Taekwondo team. I got to do this with that. You know, it's like so many different people you get to work with. And so when, um, 
when we knew we were pregnant with twins, I was, you know, I was, I kept wrestling. Like my biggest thing was like, what do I do with my kids? Like, what are they going to train in? What if they don't like martial arts? What's going to happen? I was like stressing out about all that, you know? <laughs> and, um, I didn't know, like, well, do I put them in, like, a traditional karate thing? But then it's like, I wouldn't want them to do that for too long, you know, just, just in the beginning to get the basics and the, the fundamentals and the discipline and all that. Um, I wasn't sure what to do. So I thought, well, let me go back, and if I were to train myself with the knowledge that I have now, mm. how would I train myself? What would I do? So that was my approach. It's like give them all the fundamentals of how I would have wanted to be trained mm. now knowing everything I know. All your experience. Yeah. And for me, it's like the fundamentals have to be grappling first because in striking, you can't practice that as a kid. I mean, you can practice the basics, but you can't jump in the water and actually punch brain, each other. Brain damage. The, yeah. You can't Concussions. Actually, break each other's legs, you know, but in grappling, it's like, you can go 100, 100%, yeah. you can go 100 and then your buddy's the next, you know, the next moment and yeah. you can do it again. Yeah. So, um, that's why, even though I'm a striker and striking is, has always been my passion, will always be my passion. I wanted to put them in grappling first and then start slowly working the striking and if they wanted to, and you know, kind of meld it together. I was reading about some of your kicks. Was it was it what are that was like a five was it five forty something? Yeah. Is it some kind of certain kicks that you're known for? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't. Some people give me the credit for that. I don't. I I refuse to take the credit for that. But yeah, I mean back then I I I loved to kick when my knees were good, you know. So I always experimented with different kicks and try to do try to mix in the acrobatics with kicks and and then. Um, it, it became uh, an art form. You know, now it's called tricking. Tricking, tricking, yeah, that's it. Where, where people do that. But um, back in the day, it wasn't like that. It was more like you do functional kicks and then like, oh, let me try this and let me try that. You know, but it's, it's evolved into a whole different sport, which I admire and also dislike, mm. you know, at the same time. So can you explain what tricking is? Tricking is like a form of gymnastics, but with kicks, kicks and twists. You know, it's like acrobatic gymnastics. It's mm. um, it's it's doing things that look like you should be on a wire, but you're not. You know. And then and then combined with you, tricking for martial arts, is that the is that the the tricking? Yeah, it's martial. I mean, like I said, it, it's changed quite a bit because back when when tricking first started, it was martial artists who had a martial arts base, mm. and then they would incorporate tricking, you know, into their training, into their moves, or whatever. And then tricking became such a, a big event in itself mm. that in order to master that, you just focus on the tricking and not just the martial arts. So for me, unfortunately, a lot of the, 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 the trickers now aren't necessarily martial artists. It's more of like a gymnastics thing and they're throwing kind of kicks, but would they actually be able to throw a kick? I don't know, you know? Yeah, what are the things, some of the things that, is that what, because they're not martial artists, is that what you... Because you said it's kind of changed a lot over the years. Yeah, for me, I think it loses a lot of the art form. Mm. You know, a lot of the 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 functionality of martial arts, of self defense, and all that. Which um, I think you can have both. You know, mm. you can be a showman and and you can have self defense. But I think now it's going to just like the showmanship area, and 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 straying away from the practical aspects of, of 
the, the martial part of the art and it's mm-hmm. just become an art, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's, it's an old guy talking. I, I think every <laughs> generation of old karate guys will say the same thing, you know? Man, and when you were talking about learning from books and learning from, you know, magazines, like publications, right? Yeah. Uh, brings me back to just, I mean, before cell phones, before YouTube, right? How you're saying, you know, your, your boys, they, they, lear- they learn how to play piano from YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, but just how everything was much slower and now everything's just a lot faster. You can learn a lot faster with just the information everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we were looking at still photographs, right? And you're trying to figure out, like, how do they get into that position from this still photograph? And you're trying to read between the lines. But it was, you know, then it was just the, the experimental phase of, like, getting getting a partner and, and trying to figure it out on your own. When I was first starting jiu-jitsu, there was, like, Grappling Magazine, which was, like, a part of Black Belt Magazine. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you would get yeah. your your information, right? Your news and things like that from there. Yeah, and then they had that Panther remember? Panther Productions. Panther Productions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they had a few videos, VHS tapes with jujitsu in yeah. it. Yeah, who who are in those? Um, man, there was a guy Kazeka who I ended up, I ended up becoming friends with later on. Um, but um, Panther, I mean, everybody was in it, and then there was some different ones that shot. Mari Sperry did some early tapes. Yeah. There was I forgot the guy's name. It was all in Oceanside. I think the guy was in the. Was it? The guy was an Ishinru guy. Okay. Who started that? Yeah. Yeah, but then he started doing adding jujitsu yeah, yeah. in there, and yeah. then people were able to access the things. Yeah. And because before that it was all Gracie, Horny Gracie, right? Right. Gracie Gracie Academy. Yeah. Where you got the jujitsu. No, that's where it started for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then the tournaments, like you can record everything was secretive. I don't know if, I, if that was was that the same back yeah. in back in the days. I mean, I think back in the day for all martial arts, you know, starting with the old karate dojo wars, right? You held on to your secrets. You didn't share it. I think even the head, the head instructor wouldn't share things with their top students because of whatever reason, you know, threatened by it or whatever. And yeah. And now you can get world championship <laughs> instructionals on YouTube. And you can, I mean, you watch live, right, uh, in the in the gym before it's even in the tournaments. Yeah. Or you see the, you know, the latest, the, you see the the all the tournaments live, like in Abu Dhabi or wherever, and you can watch them live. Yeah. And whereas before, you had to like find a guy who had VHS tapes, and you'd buy them off. You'd fall into his car. You would buy right. some tapes, and you'd bring it back, and you re- replay it, right? Right. With <laughs> to, a line by the right, right. with the third gen, tenth generation, <laughs> it's like hard to see. And uh, to try to learn the techniques, you know. That's why the level is just, I mean, for everything, not yeah. just martial arts, but I think everything, the level is just increasing because the information is, is so out there. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate, like you, your approach, you know, you don't put pressure on your boys. You, you know, it's all, it's all, you want them to love it, you know? And, uh, yeah, just from tournaments, you, they compete so much. You put them in all these different things and there's never like, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, like super dad, you know? Oh, I, don't know. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think, you know, going back to like, how would I train myself? And, mm. I, and I look back and like, well, what, what, where did I go wrong? You know, like what would I have improved mm. about myself? And I was a bad loser. I was mm. a bad loser. And I, I feel like sometimes that works, right? Because you refuse to lose. Mm-hmm. So you just keep going, you keep going. But um, I feel like that could also go very bad because you can get, you can become deflated and lose your interest. So for me, I felt that the number one lesson for them to learn, you know, other than the obvious of, you know, humility and respect is to 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 embrace losing. Is to really embrace losing. 
And so with us, you know, my face usually in a tournament is I have the same reaction when they win or lose. Mm. Sometimes I even am happier when they lose, you know, and I let them know and I genuinely feel that mm. and we'll celebrate exactly the same. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, what's one tournament in Azusa? You know, <laughs> it means anything. nothing. It means nothing. But if your attitude about, hey, I lost that tournament, but this is what I learned and genuinely learned, yeah. this is what I learned, then that's life altering. Those are tools for the rest of your life that you'll you'll maintain. Yeah, that, that's the attitude, right? Because yeah. you're always learning. You're always learning. Yeah. Why why get down on on learning? Yeah, and you you don't. As humans, we have a tendency not to learn as much when we win, because we're we're checking out our highlight tapes. Like, oh, look what I did! I kicked ass here, and that's it. You're not looking at the moment where maybe you could have lost because you made a mistake and you're not worried about that because the mistake, it didn't, it, it didn't have repercussions, mm. you know? So for us, I think when you lose, it's like, that's when you take the moments to do that. And even when we win, we go through the tapes and like, and you go back and yeah, study. we go back. This is what you did. Great. But let's find out how we can do better. You know, just to always strive for perfection, no matter what, win or lose, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like Sarah and she competed this last weekend and, uh, uh, she does, you know. I mean, I I feel for her too, you know. But she had a phenomenal yell belt run. This, this, you know, she had like, you know, won a lot of things. Um, but she kind of really got stuck on her the armbar submission, you know, like just to, you know, and and she always had it, you know. But to evolve the game, always be pushing, try to evolve your game, learn, right? Not yeah. just worry about focus on winning, but evolving your game for the big picture, right? Right. And so uh, she lost this weekend, and it was good for her. You know, it was good. It's like, because now she's like, okay, I have to do that. You know, so we came in yesterday and drilled, drilled techniques, different things. And right? you would, and you may not have done that with the win, because it started the last tournament. She won, but again, the the per, the person was already defending that the armbar and stuff. But I was like, and so she got away with it, so she wasn't so open to changing. Right. And now because of the loss, you know, cause she was, you know, she it, it went back and forth, but then she ended up losing the the third match. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was such as a blessing in disguise for the big picture. Always, and the lo like a loss is like a win for the big picture, and that's what you want. Right, they're, they're kids, right? You yeah. want them to like, yeah, reach uh, their potential. I mean, what's 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 a medal? <laughs> literally, a piece of metal. You know, <laughs> a Not, metal is metal. That's it. You know, it's so funny how we we all get caught up and caught up in in, uh, in those things. You know, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't the, matter what matters is you're learning. You're learning, and you, that you have the 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 balls to go out there and try, yeah, and, courage, and, and put yourself out there, you know. So for me, that's why I always encourage them to try different different sports. Different, you know, would you want to compete in judo? Yeah, hey, it's an instant level check. You know, <laughs> see how you do in judo. See how you do this. See how you do that. You know. So what do you have your boys? You have you know you have them in judo tournaments now. You know, this just started this yeah. like a couple, few months ago, right? Um, you had them doing wrestling. Um, you have them, I mean, you, you work with them on the striking capoeira, capoeira right over the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, so going back to like my thought process of when they were first born and thinking what martial arts to do, and it's like, okay, we're going to start with grappling. Mm. And then after that, you know, I started thinking, well, there's kids that speak multiple languages, mm -hmm. many kids that speak multiple languages, and maybe it's a little confusing in the beginning, but when it clicks, 
they're fluent in everything. Yeah. So um, it was kind of a wild experiment where it's like, okay, well, let's let's introduce them to different martial arts styles. And if they like it, then let them train those styles purely. So not in an MMA fashion where you get a little bit of boxing, a little bit of kicking, you know, but pure, you know, pure and mm -hmm, see what mm -hmm, happens mm -hmm. if they like it. And so um, we started with Capoeira uh, through Zoom. During the pandemic. During the pandemic through Zoom <laughs> for fun, you know, just take a class for fun. Now it's been about two years. Mm. And they, they train twice a week, you know, for an hour. They get up early, 7, seven to 8 o'clock to train in the morning before school. Um, so they do that, you know, and then judo. Before school. Before school. Because during the pandemic, it was like we were starting at oh, 9. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then when school started, it was like, hey, guys, we don't have time to do this. And they would not give it up. And mm. I said, let's go down to one day a week. And they're like, no, we got to train two days a week. I'm like, okay. But that means you got to do it before school. They're like, okay, fine. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so now they train. They want it. Yeah, they want, they want it. it. So they do the capoeira, and, and that's probably one of the best conditioning for them, you know, exercises. Uh, then obviously we do jiu-jitsu here in judo with, with Ron, and then wrestling. And then um, they're liking, they're starting to like the striking a little bit more, so mm. I'm working more with them on the striking now. And then, you know, putting it all together with you and doing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, the youth, uh, youth MMA, yeah. right? But mm. it was important for me to not ever be their primary coach because I feel like that coach dad situation mm. I've seen it go bad so many times you know so I think it's it's you have to have other people involved you know as messengers <laughs> yeah you can whisper in their ear <laughs> yeah but I think that's that's really really important you know yeah yeah and you got them on all kinds of, uh, I mean, you're the, the real master with uh, your social media yeah. <laughs> machine. I'm like, man, it's, it's so good from the audio to the videos. To, I'm like, man, oh, it's like fun. a highlight, constant highlight reel of, of life, you know? Yeah. We just have fun. We have fun with that's that. It. I mean, that's what it seems like, yeah. you know, just like you're having a blast. Yeah. Well, I mean, social media is, at first I was, I was never really, like even my own social media, I don't really post that much, you know? But for them, it was just like so much so much fun content um and so the more i post and i'm realizing like oh gosh we're, doors are actually opening up off of instagram like doors are opening up off of mm. instagram so it's like okay let's keep it going and, and and see where this takes us you know yeah you, you've been going out to new york and training with the meow brothers right yeah uh, and, uh, training with the meows and with jeff chan and new york mm -hmm. martial arts academy york, mm -hmm. um they're gonna they're gonna be on America's Got Talent next oh, year. Oh wow! So that just that just came up. Uh, they booked a lot of jobs, you know, where people see them from Instagram. So uh -huh. it's it's actually like opened up. Model, modeling all it's H and M and yeah, different, that, a bunch of different companies. TV shows, you know, it's like it's. Uh, they had the Snoop Dogg, uh, the the Kevin Hart. Yeah. Uh, Olympics. They run the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, entertainment's a whole other thing. You know, I don't. That's something that. Uh, I make a point not to take it seriously with them because I think that's a, that's a crazy business. You know, entertainment is a crazy business that it's like a, could be poison. So for me, if it, if it's there and it's easy, we'll take it. We don't take it seriously at all. Mm. It's a blessing. If it happens, it could be your last job. Mm -hmm. It's just a wonderful opportunity. Sock a little money away in the bank mm -hmm. and that's it. 
you know. That's a great attitude. Just have fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about keeping things fun. Because if it's not fun. Staying and, humble, right? Yeah. Because if it's, if it's not fun and you take, I mean, you know, you've seen a million stories of people who take themselves too seriously. Yeah. They, they burn out yeah. fat, really fast. Yeah. Could be the most talented person in the world. The guy who works harder and, and enjoys what they're doing is going to mm. surpass them at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, so. Because you'll keep doing it. Yeah. So I'm in no hurry. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I try to um, actually slow the roll. I slow it down. Because I feel like that if you, as humans, we always we always try to go to higher level, higher level, and just take take working out for example, right? You work out to exhaustion, right? You're gonna work out until you can't work out anymore. <gasps> you're tired, and then you're done. Like I did it, I did it. But if you do that with kids, with their goals, at a certain point, they're gonna burn out. Right? You keep going to the next level. Oh, this is great. I want more, Dad. Okay, let's train three days a week. Great, I want more, Dad. Let's train five days a week. Oh, great, let's do more. Oh, you can handle more. Let's train twice a day for seven days a week. At some point, and you don't know at what point it is, but at some point, they're going to they're gonna lose it, and mm. everything's going to crumble. You know. So for me, it's like you keep that foundation, and if you want to train for, like, if I feel that they're capable of training seven days a week, then we're gonna train five to six days a week. You know, if they wanna train three times a day, then we're gonna train one to two times a day. So there's always something more that they're striving for. You're living proof of uh, things I tell like parents, you know, because, you know, I mean, you're an example, right? But like being consistent is the key mm -hmm. and less is more. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, how you're gonna get really good is by being consistent over a long time. And not worry about the big events, you know. Yeah. Everyone's so damn worried about the big tournaments or the big this or when's my next belt promotion or that. Yeah. It's like you don't the 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 landmarks will create themselves. You don't have to look for the landmarks. Like I need to do this. I need to do this. They'll they'll create themselves and they'll become their own landmarks. Enjoy know? enjoy the journey. Yeah. Focus on the journey. Doing your best. Yeah, process right. The process. I mean, it's all it's all martial arts. It's all martial arts, right? There's nothing that happens on the mat that doesn't happen in real life. Mm -hmm. So you just have to you just have to follow those follow those steps, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, That's a lot what of parents is. a lot of parents make too many. Dis of course, we make the decisions for our children, but if you don't include them in those decisions, it's not going to last long. Like you just asked them, I was like, hey, "Do you want to have them come on?" And you asked them. You asked them. Yeah. You always ask them. Yeah, it's up to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the basics of, you know, you got to take a shower, you got to eat this, you got to do that. You <laughs> Brush know. your teeth. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I always, I, I give them a lot of free rope, mm -hmm. you know. And if, if they continue to prove themselves with that, it's fine. And if, if there's an issue, then, okay, we'll reel it back in. Mm -hmm. And then when you've proven yourself, okay, we'll let it loose. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't guide them when they need to do their homework. It's like you have your options. Just get it done. Get it done and, and get it done. That's it. So you want to do it today. You want to do it tomorrow. You want to do it tonight. Manage your own schedule. Figure it out. Because those are the actual tools that you'll be using as an adult. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be there forever. There's not going to be someone telling them what to do when they're 20 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, so they, they need to do that for themselves. Yeah. What, uh, you know, like you drive, you spend, you know, you, you dedicate, you're dedicated every day. That's, that's 
and do they go to regular school or are they homeschooled? They go to regular school during okay. the, during the pandemic. We we kind of did our own thing, right? Um, but they miss their friends, and I feel like like my my girls. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at this age, they need to be around their friends. Yeah, so they don't get too weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Become the weird twins. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but we drive. We, you know, we live in West Hollywood, so to come here it takes like thirty to forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, we're here because the best program you know um for many reasons but and i'm driving up i was thinking like like why why because people ask me all the time you Mm. know there's probably 10 gyms 10 academies within three miles of our house Mm -hmm. great academies Mm -hmm. all great academies Mm -hmm. right i mean literally like some we we could walk to Mm -hmm. um but the reason we're here is you guys have something really very unique that you've created coming Mm. from you and it's that Competition kids and casual kids. It's a it's a, an academy for both of them, mm. because you go to some academies and it caters just for casual kids more, you know. So it's like it helps them, but they're not. They may not be learning the technique. They may not be. Um, maybe they're promoted a little bit sooner mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. most kids. Maybe they don't compete. You know, it's it's just they're learning things, but it's not it's not at a high level. Mm-hmm. And then there's other schools where it's competition kids, and it's a very high level. But then if you're a casual kid, you're overlooked. Maybe you don't feel as special. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel second class, and and I don't think that's healthy for either of those kids. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy for the competition kid to think that they're way better than this kid. It's not better. F- for the, for the casual kid to think like, oh, I'll never reach that. Mm-hmm. But you have a rare uh, community where you cater to both, and it works for both. So, and a big part of it is, I really believe this, is like when kids, you know, kids do well at tournaments, and it's great. You know, you talk about it, you do a little post or whatever, mm-hmm. but the kids don't come in with their medals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't like, look, so-and-so won first, he smashed, you know? Yeah. And only talk about the person who won first and not talk about... The kid who tried mm-hmm. and didn't place at all, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, great. Hey, they did great. Okay, move on. Here's class. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. That's the environment that I want for my kids. Because it's the process, right? Yeah. It's the process. Because you value Showing the process up. and everyone on the mat is equal. That's it. You can compete. You can be a traveler and go to Florida to compete, or you could not any have any desires to compete. But every kid on the mat is treated equally. That's what I love about this place. And it caters to both. So if you want to compete, oh, you're going to get the knowledge. You will get the extra technique. If you don't want that extra technique, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to get the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, But it works for everyone. And everyone can be in the same room. And, and the coaches do a great job of like matching kids up, of, of putting the comp kits together with just the comp kits to learn certain techniques, mm-hmm. but then mixing up all the kids you know, so everyone can work together. I think get it's, better, yeah. it's amazing. Thank you. And that's why we drive here. You know, and also a, a big point of why we're here is because I said, oh, damn, they have Muay Thai. So not that the kids are doing Muay Thai, but it to me it showed, like, you have a very open mind about striking. You're not a grappling guy that mm-hmm. doesn't believe in striking or a striking guy that doesn't believe in grappling. It's like, you know, come on, you need both, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You have to have both. Yeah. yeah, you want to be a martial artist, you need to do both. Yeah, you need to learn. A complete everything. martial artist, yeah. yeah. And that's the fun of it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it. Because <laughs> then that's you apply it. 
grappling stuff to tech to stand up and use apply stand up footwork to grappling and well i appreciate that i appreciate that you know work really hard and we try we try our best you know um to have you know like a complete 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 well, you uh, have martial judo arts. you have capoeira. judo yeah and it's, yeah that's it i mean i don't i don't i don't know of anyone else that does that yeah you know i really don't i really don't yeah thank you thank you yeah i'm i'm really blessed cuz i come from a really good school from Draculino. And he kind of set that environment, you know, like top competitors, top guys, but everybody's the same. Yeah. Everybody's the same. Well, that's. And I mean, it brings the, you know, brings everybody up. It brings a level for everyone up. And, and the just, guys they don't get big headed, right? It's it's the community, mm -hmm. you know, it's the community. I mean, I, it's, I, I, I joke about it with my kids, you know, because uh, when I used to go to tournaments, I think, I don't know go to like what 50 to 100 tournaments you know as a, mm. as a kid to young adult my parents went to one mm. and you know i would get rides and sometimes at that time i felt like well why are these all these other parents here and they're like you know they're going to ice cream with their kids after they win or whatever and i go home and my mom's like my dad's like you know mow the lawn <laughs> <laughs> you know but i'll tell you what i appreciate that now because they didn't hold me on this high pedestal and if I failed or if I if I won, it really didn't matter to them. And so, you know, I, I think those were good lessons. I think those are really good lessons. And it's 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 similar vibe here where it doesn't matter how you do in the tournament, that the coaches don't make a big deal of it the next day, you know. They don't parade you around and it's like, look at these gold medals, yeah, yeah, you know. Um Martial arts, martial arts, like I feel like as a tool, right? It it just brings out the best in you, creates like these character, it character, you know, skills, right? Character development, right? And I feel like that's like the biggest from my pers from all the years of of me teaching and and doing it. Do you feel the same? Like that's the biggest thing, the biggest, not the medals, not the, you know, but all the experiences, but the 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 character develops in you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that? Do you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. It becomes you, right, 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 right. Like you, you, you are, you are a martial artist. Mm -hmm. Whether you're, you're, whether you're even actively training or not. I mean, I know a lot of people who've who've trained maybe in their, you know, young adult lives, you know, child to young adult lives, and then they're no longer training for whatever reason, life injuries, interests, whatever, right. But they still have that martial arts mentality. Mm. I think that will never go away, and that goes to all aspects of your life. And I think you learn way more on the mats than you will at any university. I'm sorry, but you've heard that Hanser Gracie uh, quote, right? You, there's more wisdom on the mats uh, than any Ivy League university. That's yeah. so true. <laughs> it's it's 100 true. You know, you learn everything. Wisdom and knowledge, yeah. Yeah, on everything, the mats. everything, because it's about life. It's about your character. You know, it's how you live, the choices that you make. The choices you make. You know, the choices you make. I mean, especially these days, it's so critical. Yeah. It's so critical. You know, it's so easy for kids to just make that one wrong decision and then you're dead. <laughs> Looking back when you were growing up, what are some of the things that that the mar that martial arts gave you uh, for confidence and helped you, you know, those those decisions you're talking about, make 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 the right decisions or make the make better decisions? I think one is, it's 
it's the the mindset of chasing perfection. Mm. You know, I think that's a big one because as you know, you can you never get anything perfect, right? It's it's never possible as much as you keep doing it and I mean, how many you're still learning, right? You're still learning. I hope I never st- I, I never stop, yeah. Yeah, so I it. think it's it's the, you know, it's going back to the zen, the empty cup, the the white belt the white belt thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, where as a right like back in the day you have a white belt and then the belt gets dirty and it gets so dirty that it becomes a black belt and that's how you're like, "Oh, you're a master because you have a dirty black belt." Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. in time the belt starts to fray and fray and fray and then it becomes white again and mm-hmm. you have that mindset. So I think it's it's that it's the chasing of perfection and keeping the open mind. You know, because martial arts as you train, you're going to learn the humility because there's always somebody that's better than you at at some point. You're always going to get beat somewhere down the line, you know what I mean? So good for the ego. Yeah, right? so it's always a check and I think it's it's having that open mind of being open to new things, open to new ideas and not necessarily that you're going to accept everything that comes to you, mm-hmm. but that that you will take everything in, you know? And for me, that's that's the true martial arts mindset. Yeah, that's empty, it. Empty cup, empty cup, you know, just keep your cup empty all the time. It's beautiful, that's it. I was going to ask you what, you know, I was asked like a lot of old school jujitsu guys and I talked to him like, what's the, what is some of the biggest or what's the biggest, one of the big things that martial arts has given you? They always talk about the relationships and friendships, you know, um, jujitsu people, you know, yeah. uh, you have, you had a little different, different path, you know, yeah. than that, you know, so I'm, I'm just curious on, and you talk about the martial arts, the martial arts way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just I, now. I think for me, it's, it's, it's a mindset. The mindset. On how I approach everything in life. My career, my friendships, uh, fatherhood, my marriage. It's just, it's, it's a martial art mindset. It really is. You know, and I think through that, then you attract like-minded people, mm. you know, from, from, different arts from different communities um and i don't think i would i don't think i would have that without ever training you know ever do you have any brothers sisters i have a sister yeah she's a, she's a writer in washington dc okay yeah okay and your parents they lived they this this my, my father passed 4 years okay, ago my mother's here in uh in orange county how did they feel as you as you got older for with the with the martial arts uh, way of life? You know, I think they just, uh, you know, there was a like I said, there was a, a bit of conflict, you know, in the beginning. But I think, like shortly after, like after Ninja Turtles, so that was you know in the nineties, it was, it is, is what it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's me, you know. And they, you know, they always, it's about doing a good job, doing doing your work. Yeah. Don't, don't get big headed. Yeah, and then they see. They, I mean. They see now with my kids, it's like it's working. The mindset is working for mm-hmm. them, you know. It's, mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it for me too. Is is to is to hand down that mindset. You know, is is to make it obvious because I think that's that's a difference with the different arts, and that's really what I what I wrestled with in the beginning of in what to start them in, because I feel like with if you take an art like like let's say taekwondo or something like that or a, a traditional karate mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. For a, tr- a, a traditional Taekwondo or traditional karate class, you'll go there, and the lessons, the 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 spiritual lessons that you will learn are made very obvious. Where they will say, 
memorize this mantra, say it, you're here to learn, you know, character over kicks. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's very clean cut in why you're here, not just to kick, but you have to do this and this is the philosophy and you memorize all the tenets of it. So I like it for that. You know, I don't like it for other reasons, but I like it for that. With jujitsu, you don't really have that. It's not, it's a little more casual mm -hmm. and, um, it's like the lessons are there, but you kind of have to find them on your own or you have a good coach who's going to verbalize them to you, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, I try to verbalize those lessons to them and make it more obvious so they understand. So, you know, at the end of a class, it's like, oh, okay, so in this class, you know, what happened? You know, why, why were you crying? What happened? And then we talk about it. So to me, it's really about trying to, trying to, to make the lessons obvious so it's nothing so they don't have to train for 20 years and like oh no i got it you know yeah it's like give it to them now and make it clear of why we're doing this you know reflect on it yeah talk about it i actually make them do a contract every year contract yeah we have a contract so it started when they were yeah <laughs> they're <laughs> they nodding, not yeah. in their heads yeah. yeah it started when they were five right so when they're five years old yeah so I, I i tricked them a little bit so what i did was I didn't start them in martial arts huh. because I figured when you're when you're a kid and you're just learning how to walk and talk and and learn coordination mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the first thing you're going to do you're going to suck at most likely right mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. there's one or two percent that are going to be great at it mm -hmm. love it but most likely you're going to suck at it and then you're not going to like it mm. so I'm like that's not going to be martial arts you're going to start in gymnastics so start in gymnastics I sent them to a Russian school. They cried every class. They hated it. They cried. <laughs> Not in their heads. <laughs> every class. What did the coach call you? Chicken boy. They were, the coach was calling him chicken boys. Old school Russian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he was calling him chicken boys. And I was like, and I was, you know, on, on the low key, like, keep going. I like this guy. You know, he's being, he's being the, the guy that I want them to be around, but I don't want it to be me, you know? <laughs> so they kept going until mom took them and said, no way, we're out of here. This guy's out of his, out of his mind. But um, So we started them in that. And then I would take them to the boxing gym with me just mm -hmm. to watch me work out. And then slowly we would play games you know, in the ring, just games like tag or whatever. And then when they asked me if they could train, I'd say, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You're not, you're not ready yet. You're, you're not ready yet. And so I kept holding it. And I guess now, now talking back, right, we're going through therapy. It's the same thing that my parents did to me unknowingly, mm. wanting me to really, really, really want it. So then when it became available to me, it was like, I'm going to jump into this. So then when they were about five and they said they wanted to train, I said, OK, so here's here's the deal. You have two choices. You have to make this decision now. You can change your mind later, but you make this decision. It's going to be for a year. So the decision is, do you want to learn casually or do you want to be a ninja? <laughs> you want to be a pro or, or do you want to be a casual? And you see their eyes light up <laughs> with big smiles on their face, <laughs> nodding their heads yeah. when you're saying, these th saying this. So, you know, and I told them what that meant. Being a casual means we're going to have fun. You're going to do it like two times a week, maybe three times a week. Mm -hmm. I won't drill with you unless you want me to. And that's it, you know. You want to be a ninja? I'm gonna be on your. I'm gonna be on you. I'm gonna correct every little mistake. We're still gonna have fun, but then you're gonna to have to train five days a week. Mm -hmm. And 
they're like, no, we want to, we want to go this route. And so every year, like around this time, we're, we're due, you know, beginning of the year, we have a verbal contract, like, let's renew it. What do you want to do this year? And it's up to them. And if they said, I don't want to renew it, then we'll talk about it. Okay, mm -hmm. so what do you want to take out? You want to take something out? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. You know, genuinely, I feel like I've already done my job. You know, I feel like that if they stopped martial arts today, they'd be able to defend themselves for the rest of uh. their lives. Like, they're fine. They're more than fine. So to me, I did my job. Now it's up to them how far they want to take it. So we have that, we have that verbal contract. It's beautiful. And sometimes Amazing. it goes twice a year. Twice a year. Sometimes. So like after COVID, we had to renew that contract because mm -hmm. I was getting scared because after COVID, now we're going back to school, but they wanted to keep the capoeira. You know, they wanted to do more things. So I was like, okay, but now you're changing the contract because from jujitsu and wrestling, now we're going jujitsu, wrestling, capoeira, and now you want to strike. That's going to require a lot more time and commitment from you. So do you want to lose one of those? You want to drop back on something? Do you want to stop? What do you want to do? So, you know, we just we just keep keep it going. What does mom think about the commitment? Mom is so awesome because she stays out of it. You know, she she trusts she trusts she trust, me. Yeah. She completely um, supports everything they mm. do as far as as far as working out because mom is a crazy worker outer, you know. She's like I mean, by 6.30, the bed is made, whether you're sleeping in it or not. <laughs> Breakfast is on the table, so she's in the gym. You know what I mean? So mom really, really appreciates the physical part of it. Um, as far as the contact stuff, we definitely hold that back from her. She doesn't know. <laughs> you know, they're about to do an MMA tournament. She has no idea. You know, but... Um, you take care. You, just, you, know, you take care. Yeah, of I don't think like... It is martial arts, but, you know, you do your best to... She wouldn't be good at a tournament, let's put it that way. She normal. Would, That's normal. She would be that mom. Mm -hmm. You know, she'd be that mom. She'd be screaming at every little kid. <laughs> she'd be that wrestling mom. So it's like she knows that. So we're like, you know what? It's it's cool. <laughs> but mom loves it. Mom loves it. Great. I mean, she's she's not a martial artist, but she's definitely a Zen warrior. You know, it's awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for your example, your dedication. Super inspiring. Just your humility and uh, and just. You're, you're, it's such a it's such a big honor and pleasure to to see your your boys you know almost every day oh we appreciate every, it. every week you know and get to, getting to talk to you and and uh yeah i'm looking forward to everything that's gonna oh. the, everything in the future you know, the, well, no, reaching the that potential the feeling is is very mutual you know uh, uh, let me go back one more thing i want to give you another compliment another reason why we came here is when when we first came here we I saw you sitting, we took a, two kids classes, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. as a trial. And I saw you sitting down watching the kids classes. Mm. And then I just watched you as like new people came in and how you interacted with them. Mm. And like you would introduce yourself to like a complete stranger and I'll like, oh, come on in and, and you welcome them to your home. And then you were like genuinely watching the kids classes and keeping tabs. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this guy really cares. Yeah. Thank you. It's very rare to have the, you know, the head instructor at the school at all, let alone watch a kid's class, let alone, you know, inter you know, introduce himself to new people. So for me, like, that's the culture. This is what I want for my kids. You know, that's why we're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.